Hey guys, how's it going? It's the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast. I'm Seth. And again, I'm with Megan today. Megan, how goes it? Hi, Seth. Hi, Seth. How are you? I am great. How are you? I am fantastic. I didn't mean to come off like a robot. (laughs) I just... Hi. It was very... Hello. I am Megan. Hi, Seth. Megatron 2000. Wow. I... um, Off to a good start. What? Off to a good start here. Off to a great start. Yeah, it's fantastic. I I love um, the energy. You have no energy? I love, I'm very uncomfortable with the energy we've created in the studio today. (laughs) It is very (laughs) uncomfy. (laughs) Oh, man. How uncomfortable do you think churches and businesses are talking about uh, social media? Uh, I don't think businesses are uncomfortable talking about social media at all. I think that's a very normal part of their culture. Mm -hmm. I think churches are still trying to figure out um, what that looks like in a spiritual transformation context. Yeah, I think so too. I think when we talk about social media as a ministry or as a relationship device, you know, it's, it's, it's awkward. Yeah, there's definitely tension there. Um, you know, Andy Stanley talks about problem to solve versus tension to manage. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a problem to solve. It's a tension to manage. It's that's good. It's really that. important that we're present and that we're there. It's what the rest of the world is doing. If, if you're not on social media, it's kind of odd mm-hmm. um, to not show up in the way that is what, you know, quote unquote normal for yeah. everyone else. Um, I think that's. It's imp- so it's important, but also we have to keep in mind that we're not promoting ourselves. We're not marketing ourselves. Our goal is not to accrue more followers on Instagram. Our goal is to connect with people and change lives and introduce them to the person of Jesus. Yes. How do we, and we get to use, and we get to use social media to do that. Yeah. And that's the, that's the issue I think is figuring out how to do that because it feels so awkward and unwanted or just very unnatural. Mm-hmm. And because it is different, it's different how you, you get to like for a business, it's very clear what you're trying to do. Um, you're trying to sell a product and you can tell if you've sold that product or not, you know, did your efforts lead to money? Yes or no. That's easy. Right. Did this ad equate in people buying what I promoted? Mm -hmm. Yes or no. Or did they go to something else and buy something else? Or, I mean, just, there's so many different ways to look at it. It's very clear. It's very cut and dry in a lot of ways. And Mm -hmm. for, the church, we're not doing that. Like we're not, uh, you know, and we've tried to. And I think if if you're a church that really does announcements to try to get people to go to events or stuff, especially now it's really hard because um, we can't go to events. But if you're trying to do that, it feels like we've we've tried to kind of cut and paste that business model onto the church social media space and it doesn't work. I actually really like instead of sometimes instead of looking at a business like Nike or I don't I'm just looking at things around my office swig cups <laughs> apple <laughs> I don't know what that is swig you know Never like it's like the off brand of uh, Yetis it's like oh, cheap okay. like it's, it's like a Yeti but like way cheaper but still really good yeah go swig okay um instead of looking at Businesses, sometimes I like to look at influencers mm-hmm. because they're developing a community around relationships. Yes. They're not developing a community around a product or a brand mm-hmm. or a lifestyle. You know, they're developing community around relationships. What are they doing yeah. to, you know, generate this great sense of community 
which they really do. I mean, all the time, like I have the, they, you hear them talk about, I have the best tribe I have, you know, and they have like little yeah. nicknames for their people. And yeah. Um, what do we call, do really... what do we, what do we call people who listen to this podcast? Hmm. Seminarians? Semina- seminarians. <laughs> Students. Hard, hard knockers. Maybe not. Maybe not that one. I didn't think about that one before. Came out of my mouth. I'm leaving it in. That's hilarious. No. Oh man. Uh, oh my I've I've wondered what we would call that. Call that's call it. People. I'm out. I'm fired. I'm fired. Um, Forget it. I've wondered what we would call it because they do that. They do that for their tribe. They come up with a nickname. They come up with a, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, who I forget who is it? He's the guy that does the podcasting a lot, uh, and it's um, he calls the guy him a, that does the podcasting a lot. He talks, yeah, he podcasts a lot about podcasting. That's what I meant to say. He oh, podcasts okay. about podcasting. Uh, John Lee Dumas, John Lee Dumas, he calls okay. it uh, the Fire Nation, which I'm Fire like, Nation. you know, that's Avatar: The Last Airbender, but still, it's cool what he what he calls them. So everybody has like their own little thing that they do, and uh, it's 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 really interesting. But um, I've always wondered what we call them because you do have this tribe and you, and they create this tribe based on being super interesting. Right. And my guest today is Kyle Draper, a friend of mine from the past here that uh, has been just a good friend. He, he does a lot of stuff for, for businesses. He consults and, and uh, does workshops for businesses to learn to use Instagram and social media, et cetera. And, um, one of the things that, that uh, he said at the Insta Summit where he was a guest was that he asked churches, are you interesting on social media? Well, that's a good question. It's a great question. And so today we're talking about what makes a business interesting and th- to build that community, to build that type of tribe. And some of the things that they do that churches actually have an advantage over, say, a business account that can grow pretty quick. Yeah, they can sell things, but we have the ability to build a tribe because that's naturally what we're kind of here to do. So um, Kyle is is a friend of mine from way back. We've done some things that I cannot talk about on the air uh, that were dangerous. We've known each other a long time. Kind yes, of thing. we were both student pastors at a large church together. Recipe for, for disaster. Yes, for multiple years. And <laughs> we ran student camp together. He was at a, a different campus than I was, but we all got together. It was uh, it was always fun to hang out with Kyle. Um, so anyway, I, I want to get to this conversation with this guy. Kyle is super smart. He co- coaches and consults with businesses now and does workshops to teach them how to use Instagram, how to use social media to reach customers, build tribes, and engage. And has a lot of great things. He comes from a very pastoral point of view when it comes to the church because that's naturally what he is. He is a pastor not only to people, but to businesses as well. And that's how he sees it. And just this conversation is so rich with some great tips and tricks for churches to adopt for social media. So here's my conversation with Kyle Draper. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast. My guest today is Kyle Draper. He's a social media coach, national speaker who began in the real estate business, uh, really began in the church world. We worked together. It was really awesome. I had the pleasure of working on church staff with Kyle uh, when we were in student ministry. And today, Kyle works with businesses to help them learn to use social media to reach their audience, gain leads and create customers. So welcome, Kyle Draper. 
What's up, man? <laughs> What's up, bro? Man, I'm so excited to be on here with you. Yeah, it's it's been a while. We haven't uh, we haven't chatted in a while, dude. And so much yeah. has gone on. You're yep. you're doing your own thing now. Been doing that for a while. Uh, tell us about coaching. What are you doing? Yeah, man. So it in a nutshell, right? I you and I were on staff together at a church. I left that church seven years ago, mm-hmm. and then I went in, or well, I found myself in roofing which was, which is wild and crazy. And, and then I, I started a company with a buddy of mine. We were building websites for real estate agents. Okay. And, and through that, I realized like you're realizing in the church world, man, realtors suck at social media. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so yep. I just, I started teaching classes mm-hmm. and just free to offer value to them to then hopefully sell them a website. And I looked up two and a half years ago and went, why do I do what I love for free to get them to buy something from me that I don't care at all about? Yep. So I fired myself from my own company and I launched out into to coaching and speaking. And, and so really for me, what I do most with people, I, I would say I do two things. I perform as the, basically the director of their life and business. Okay. I listen to them, tell me their story, listen to, to their passions their vision, right? That what they want to see their business do. And then I help them develop those narratives and those Mm storylines to help attract the right people back to them. And, and so that's mainly what I try to focus on. And then the other part is I'm just constantly trying to talk people out of stuff Oh, because we get in our way all the time. Yep. And so I just have to remind people, dude, you're awesome. (laughs) Man, you're great. That's nice to have so much cool, unique things about you. Uh, but, but you know, this, like Satan's the first one to convince us that all of that is crap Yeah, and nobody it, cares. It's, it's nice to have so, someone around that's, that's encouraging and, and, and trying to, to build you up because there are so many right. things that will smash you down. And when you're an entrepreneur, gosh, double it. But when you're in the church world, yep. it's like, there's just, there's definitely a target on your back and there's a lot of things working against you on staff, you know, whether that's, you know, we don't have manpower or I'm not allowed to do my job or yeah. so-and-so's, you know falling behind and dragging me down or, you know, or I just don't have what I need, you know, whatever it is, um, to people just aren't responding, whatever, you know, there's all kinds of things that make you feel like a failure and it's it's just nice to have. That's why I I do coaching as well. And so it's like, I'm trying to be that encouraging. You've got this because we need that so bad. Absolutely. That is so worth it, man. Um, so we worked together at a church. We were in youth ministry. You remember those days? Dude, I, re- I remember them less and less because they get so much further away from me. Me too. As we get old. I, I do have less, this one memory. Fun days. I do have this where you and I, you were at a different, you were at a camp, different campus than I was. Right. We were at a multi-campus right. church. And we're, so we didn't see each other a ton. But one of the highlights of my year was hanging out with all the youth pastors at camp. Yeah. We, we built our own camp. And so I remember the first year we went out to, uh, to that campground we built and um, somebody had made the mistake of letting us borrow a three-wheeler to use however we wanted. Oh, no. Oh, my. I remember you and um, a, a couple others, but mainly I remember you, would fly down those roads in that three-wheeler. <laughs> <laughs> we were going so dangerously fast. And uh, I think they took it away from us because I was doing it, too. I mean, it's so fun. Yeah. You mean you're out in the middle of nowhere. And when kids yes. are all in their bunks, you're just like 90 miles an hour on these dirt roads in the middle of camp. The things that we did that parents will never know. Oh my gosh. So dangerous. <laughs> wow. But those are good times, man. Staying up super late and, uh, you know, just talking about God, life and ministry and 
how to get kids to to fall in love with Jesus and you know putting together plans and stuff for it, it was those were good times, man. Really good. They times. were, man. Um, I'm glad I'm not in them anymore. I, Me too. I, oh, Praise man. the Lord. If I was a youth that. pastor today, I'd be the worst youth pastor in the world. Me too. <laughs> like, why did they hire someone's do- dorky dad? He's not. Oh, he's not very cool. Good thing we've moved on to to new things. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about uh, some of your today. Today, I want to focus kind of on Instagram, but really social media in general. Yeah. Um, because you coach churches, you coach coach businesses mostly. Um, some churches as well. Um, I do the same. You know, we have we have a lot in common here, and so I want to have a little conversation about what you're seeing in the business world and how churches can learn from it. Um especially when it comes to social media. So uh, as we, as we look into business, Instagram, social, social media in general, what do, what do you commonly see as a deficiency when you come into starting to work with a a business or even a church? What are they lacking that you first like, Oh, it's almost every time it's this. What is it? I I think the, the very first thing is they have all of these self-limiting beliefs, Mm. right? They've, They've looked around them. And so if we're talking the church world, right, every church in America probably has a mega church within a rock's throw of them, mm-hmm. you know, or, or multiple, right? You and I are in Dallas-Fort Worth where there's a ton of them. Yeah. And, and so it's so easy, I think, to psych yourself out before you even get started because you look at, you know, the production value of what a church with a seven-figure budget is doing. Mm-hmm. And then you go, well, we can't do that. Yeah. Like I can't, I can't recreate at that level. And we forget that people aren't drawn to what I would call like the sexiness of that. Mm-hmm. Dude, we're developing a, a culture now where like we crave the rawness and the realness. Mm-hmm. You know, we want the authenticity of the senior pastor sitting on their back porch telling a Bible story, not with all the lights on, on the stage with 12 hours of editing involved and music and lower thirds. And, you know, like, I think we've just psyched ourselves up as to what it needs to be. And so instantly that causes a lot of people to go, no, 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 no. We're not, we're not even going to mess with it. Right. And right now it's, it's, you can see just the shock that it has caused from, from COVID and having to be at home. Yeah. Um, You know, when this podcast airs, we'll be uh, probably near in mid July. So, um, as churches have opened back up and tried to get back in, it's changed us because, you know, there was a shock to churches on how to do online well. And, you know, now coming back, it's almost like, Hmm, we don't have to go all the way back to what we were, you know, there's some things that need to be different now because of that very thing. It's like, we have these, we realized we were limiting ourselves that there were things we could do that are a little easier to do produce that, you know, are great that don't have all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're, you're, you're totally right. And I, and I think what it, what it's also showing, which is another one of the deficiencies that I believe most people have is they're, they're actually starting to add value on social media Mm -hmm. as opposed to before it was really just all about selling. Yeah. You know, here's our next class. Here's our next group. Here's our big event. Hey, summer camp's coming. Hey, here's our fall mission. And it, it was just very sales driven. Yeah. Or or maybe in the church world, that's not even the right phrase. Maybe it's it's very ask driven. Yeah, it is. As opposed to just creating value for people. 
And I think that's where a lot of them, a lot of them miss the boat. Yeah. I think when we talk about creating value that, um, that's a phrase that's not familiar in the church world. Uh, yeah. like the concept is, but we don't associate it with that phrase. So when we say it, we, we kind of misunderstand, well, Jesus is valuable. You're, you're, you're worshiping. That's valuable. You know, right. coming, to, coming to these things will be valuable for your life. Right. You know, it's like we're, we're, we're advertising these events because they're valuable and that's not what we mean. You know, no. we mean like, and they shouldn't say that anymore either. Right. <laughs> like, how are we adding value? Can you, can you dig into what that means a little bit when you're adding yeah, value? Well, so, so let's change the phrase to perceived value. Okay. Right. Who gives a crap what I think is valuable mm-hmm. if who I'm trying to reach does not also agree with me. Mm-hmm. Right. That's really, I think where, where we miss the boat is, you know, I can get so self-absorbed. And so I'm constantly talking about me, 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 my, my, my. Yeah. And then I wonder, man, why, why are my likes going down? Why are my, why is my engagement weakening? And it's because I've stopped creating content for other people. Yeah. I, I tell my coaching clients all the time, your opinion of your content matters the least. Mm. Yeah. Because you can't sell to yourself. Right. Right. I mean, Seth, I can't tell you how many videos I've created that as I watch it back, I'm like, am I 1100 pounds? Are my eyes even, even level? Like, do I have, un, like, is my whole face weird? And, and if I'm not careful, I'll, I'll pull it and not even want to use it. Mm-hmm. But I've learned that my opinion doesn't matter. If I hate it, but my ideal audience loves it, then I'm going to keep doing that all day long. That is a really tough concept for us because, because I think that it comes down to like our, you know, understanding who we're, we're reaching as well, because we, we often think it's us that, or people like us and, and that, you know, when we, we go, how do I, I I can't tell you how many times on church staff that I've, I've had to change things that were geared to an audience because someone over me didn't like it. Yeah. And it's like, that sounds like leadership and respecting a chain of command. So I did it. I changed sure. it because yep. I'm supposed to, but that's not a good pathway for finding the best thing, especially when it comes to social, you know, because it's like, you hear these things like, why would we care to ask these dumb questions on social media? They don't have anything to do with our Bible studies. They don't have anything to do right. with our ministry or right. growth in Jesus. Even, you know, right. what, why would we ask those things? And it's, it's like, because that's, good for them. And it's like, it's hard to explain right? why we would do that because well, that, and, that and concept that's why isn't there. It, man, it's, it's so valuable that the senior pastor gets this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I realized that cause I, I coached a senior pastor for about 10 months and we were just focusing on him. I was helping him see the value in social media. I was ha- helping him see the value in storytelling. Mm-hmm. I was helping him see the value, you know, and, and man, your people or anyone would love to just see what it looks like when you do a quiet time in the morning. Yeah. Cause you've talked about it from stage and you've convinced everyone watching that they need to be doing it, but they're afraid to ask Well, I know, I, I know we say quiet time all the time, but what does it actually look like to do one? And, and so, you know, I, I had this guy where he was at 7am in the morning, jumping on Facebook live and just doing his quiet time live on Facebook for everybody to watch. Wow. 
And it was so powerful. Yeah. Because that's real life. That's that's him humanizing himself mm-hmm. to become relatable to people, right? Which which makes people want to engage, which makes people go, oh man, this pastor is different than what I thought a pastor was going to be in my head. Maybe I will go check them out sometime. Yeah. Because we know that if you don't give them a story, then they will make one up. One hundred percent. And you want to make sure that you they have an accurate story of of not only who you are, who you are as a church, who God is. Um, and social media is a yeah, that's powerful, huge, powerful tool for doing that. Um, so what are some of those barriers? We talked about a few. Uh, I know that a lot of churches and business world you see this too. But what are some of the barriers to using? Um, social media in general, but then I want to get into Instagram as well, because that's the newbie for a lot of, a lot of churches, uh, to yeah. really focus on it. It's kind of a, tends to be an afterthought. So barriers to social and let's talk about Instagram. I, I think a, another one would just be willingness to have fun. Ooh, yeah. I, I think, especially in the business world, but I think the church world would relate to this. It, the, a lot of the people that I work with at first, they're, they're trying to be uber professional all yeah. the time. Yeah. And so they're always in their nice clothes. They're always putting their best foot forward. If they were recording something and they said, um, they're going to stop it and re-record it. Mm-hmm. And, and you look up and all you've given people is this perfect version of you that everyone knows is not real. Yeah. So it actually creates disconnect. And, and then I think, especially on the church side, it keeps you from wanting to just have fun. That's you know, sure. I was watching... Uh, a church, you know, the the pastor that I that I coached, their church, they did a a live pizza eating contest. That's good. And it was the senior pastor with two of their college interns. Do you realize? I know you do, yeah. but but <laughs> there's so many different storylines playing out here. Yeah. That that our senior pastor relates to young people. That our senior pastor doesn't take himself too seriously and is willing to have fun. You have college kids now on video where now there's other high school seniors that go, dude, I want to intern at that church. Like that's the type of environment that I want to be in. Right. right? You've got parents that are buying in because they're not just seeing the youth pastor love on their kids. They're watching the actual leader of the church love on their kids. Mm -hmm. And I mean, there's just, there's so many different stories being narrated through a stupid pizza eating contest. Right. It's life. It's like it is. It, it's it's life. It demonstrates that you know a down to earth sense that you know we're not we're not so far away. You know that's um, you know that's that's one of the things I think in the Reformation that was a a big issue is that there was such a disconnect between the clergy of the church and the people. You know, essentially, yeah. when you you know get a first copy of the Bible in a language that regular people could read, you know, you're you're trying to to abolish those disconnects between you know someone having a relationship with God. And I think in the same way, social media is doing that between our clergy and, and our, our layman's yeah. as well. And it's like, it's a, it's going to take the the pastors and leaders to be willing to step into that world and eat pizza. Cause it what's what's right. crazy is that we right. do it anyway. We already do it. It's not like, right. it's not like we're asking for like a new thing. It's like, just allow it to be documented yeah. and, yeah. and, and you're good. Well, and, would like doesn't it just make sense you know if we if we go back and think about like why didn't Jesus choose any of the religious elite mm-hmm. to be one of his 12 
right? You you would have thought that he'd have gone, you know, I don't want all of them to be that way because we know those people, yeah. but maybe one, right? Like maybe I need one yeah. to kind of keep the group serious, to kind of keep, keep the group Brings religious, right? Real mature, right? <laughs> no, he didn't want any. Yeah. He wanted fishermen. He wanted tax collectors. He wanted guys that were so ill-equipped for the task at hand that they wouldn't even know how to be right. Right. He pulled the everyman. Absolutely. And I think that's what we've got to see on social media is, man, this is not, you you know, your pastors, your leaders, your worship leader, right? Whoever the church parades out in front of people on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Most churches end up allowing pedestals to be placed under those people's feet. Yeah, we do. Because of the way they portray them, right? We We do. And so then, number one, no one can live up to that because what they show isn't real life. But number two, when one of those people make a mistake because they're real, it ruins everything because they'd allowed them to be placed in this picture of perfection. Yep. And 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 so that's a pulpit thing, but I also think that's a social media thing. Mm-hmm. Man, I think I think social media, like I think the worship departments in social media, the student departments, man, they should be making TikTok videos and they should be lip singing. And they should just be doing fun, silly things that young people are all about right now. Yeah. Well, and they would watch their social media flourish. Well, let me ask you this. What do you think? Um, so pastors, in my experience, there's been a fear of being involved. You know, a, like they hate it. Like they, yeah. they may hate social media. They think it's a place of division uh, where there's a lot of arguments where, and especially right now, probably. Um, what, uh, what, what do you say to people in that position that they're like, I hate social media. I don't want to be on this. I don't see a point in it. Uh, maybe they're in their fifties. Maybe they're a pastor of a church they're in their fifties or their elder or leaders or something like that. And they're like, I'm never going to get on Instagram. I'm never going to get on Facebook and engage. It's just not my platform. What, what do you, how do you, you coach me, those You people? want me to tell you what I really tell my, my people? Yeah. How do you, how do you coach them? I, I, I straight up tell them to get over yourself, mm. get over yourself. Right. I, you look at the life of Jesus. He, he was walking through places that Jews did not walk to go encounter women or, or other people that th- the traditional person would have never encountered because they would have refused to put their feet there. Yeah. Right. Jesus was like, no, we don't, I don't do it that way. Now, if, if you want the, the life changing message of Jesus, right. This is what a lot of pastors are saying, Seth. If you want the life-changing message of Jesus, come where I am. Yes. That's not Christ-like at all. No, it's not. It's, it's very <laughs> That's anti-Great like Commission. <laughs> That's the opposite of the Great Commission, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And, and so that's the opposite of everything Matthew 28 says. And, and so I, I, I tell those pastors, man, if you're waiting to like it, you'll be waiting for eternity. Because I don't like it. I think people are shocked by this. I took a break this weekend. I literally deleted Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter from my phone. And so I didn't look at it for three days. And it was hard, but I loved it because I don't always enjoy social media. I agree with you there. I'm the same way. But we do it anyway Mm -hmm. because it works. There, there and are that's days. really the mindset that I need them to develop is get over the, the idea that you're going to like it because you're probably not. 
Yeah, it and in, and for us who are who live in this world and swim in these waters, it's a grind. It really yeah. is a grind to get content out and connect Dude. and interact and all that. So I get that it's like, oh man, pastor's super busy. One more thing to do. I don't have time for that. Um, but it's a it's a mental shift in understanding that it's not one more thing to do. It's it's kind of part of the thing you right. do. It's like if you're right. going to connect with people, you're 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 thumbing your nose up at uh, pretty much twenty four seven access to all of them. Right. And, you know, and it's it's honestly and, pretty easy. And here's what's cool though, the 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 senior pastor that that I've been talking about. You know, he's, he's probably 51, 52 years old, probably. Mm -hmm. And so I think because people know how old he is, right. He's got graying hair. I think they appreciate seeing him on there even more Yeah, because they know it's not normal and natural for him. Cause he's trying more than the 25 year old student pastor. That's dancing on a TikTok video. Right. Like you should do that. You're 25 <laughs> years old, right? That's, that's expected. expected of you. Yeah. But when you can get your senior pastor who may be a little bit on the older side willing to do this stuff, instantly people go, dude, this is different than mm -hmm. I've than I've ever seen a church do before. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. they don't expect it coming from that person. It's so true. It's so true. Um I want to talk a little bit about a bit about Instagram. We recently just did the Insta Summit together. Yeah. yeah. Um your session was awesome. So if you don't have that and you still get the Thank later you. pass, go get it and and watch it. It was a, many people said, great way to end the, the, the summit. It was the Very punctuation cool. mark. Um, so thank you for doing that. Um, Absolutely. But Instagram is a big part of marketing today, especially to those, yeah. you know, that 30, 25-ish uh, to 40 range. Um, yeah. And so, which are many churches are trying to reach. So we've got churches that have a... Um, a Facebook first mentality or an Instagram first mentality. Yeah. Talk a little bit about how you determine what they should be doing and what some of those barriers are to Instagram in particular, that you maybe need to help coach them over. Yeah. So I, I think the, the first thing is you, you have to, de to decide, right. Who you want to attract. Mm -hmm. And because we're limited on time, right. I teach a 90 minute class on discovering your avatar, which we do not have time to jump into today. Right. But it's just, it's a million questions that unlock who you want to serve yeah. in, in your church, right? And so that is the ultimate decision-making factor. And that instantly helps you decide if you need to be a Facebook first or an Instagram first. Mm -hmm. But I would suggest, as you would suggest, you need to be both anyway. Mm -hmm. And so what I try to do is you first have to understand the the basics, right? Instagram prefers vertical video to horse horizontal video, mm -hmm. right? So, so I work with people and tell them we want to do a variety of videos, some horizontal that are great fixes to, you know, they're great solutions to then throw up to YouTube, yeah. but then let's do some vertical so that we can leverage IGTV, yeah. which is picking up speed. It's growing. It's meant to be really short episodes, so so you're not having to overthink it, right? You can keep it very simple. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm loving, I know you've probably seen a lot of this just since coronavirus hit. Instagram Live has taken off. Yes. And you're seeing pastors from one side of the country jump on there with a pastor from another, 
and they're just having conversation. Yeah. They're creating dialogue. And they're finally which, connecting all those tools as well to be able to yeah. save Instagram live to your IGTV now instead of just as a 24 hour story. Right. Which is, cool. which is huge, which why I always hated it. Yeah, me too. It's like, and why would I do that? That should have been available two years ago. Oh my gosh. Um, such, why it's just happening, but, but whatever. I'm such glad a good that, move. It, that it is. Yeah. And you know, and the ability now, um, and this has been around for a while, but you know, you can make your IGTV episode a permanent post in your newsfeed. Yeah. Which I think is massive. Mm -hmm. You can also leverage, which a lot of people don't know, the the swipe up feature in stories, mm -hmm. which is only available to 10K followers and up, For is IGTV. available to everyone if you're promoting your own IGTV episode. Yep. Right? So you get Absolutely. the feature that is like the sexy feature of Instagram that, that like make means you're 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 somebody. Mm -hmm. Well, you you can have five followers and still use the swipe up feature if you're using Instagram TV. IGTV. Yep. It's which is which is awesome. It's like there's a workaround. There's a workaround for it. It's cool. Yeah. The, so the the other thing, Seth, is that that I would say Instagram specifically is man churches need to truly engage and invest in stories I agree and and get really good at it mm -hmm. because what what i'm seeing right stories is what's allowing us to deepen the relationship with the people we already have whereas our posts our igtv episodes are going to help us grow our following base yeah and so learning how to how to do polls, learning how to ask questions, you know, let people ask you questions, doing an, a takeover where you give the, you know, the account to another staff member or a key volunteer and let them be the driving force of the content for that day. Yeah. Just, just being creative. Well, I think that's, that's a big thing you just said too, um, that the stories are really to help you go deeper with the people you already have and your feed and IGTV are a way to get in front of new people and grow your following. Yeah. And I think when we make content for Instagram, or especially if we make it for Facebook and then throw it to Instagram, it's aimed at our people and then put in a place where it's really should be for new people. And right. so the content isn't correct to go into that feed. Right. You're asking for engagement and you're like, well, no one comments on anything on our Instagram feed. Like, yeah, because most people are engaging on Instagram are really getting involved in stories and they just kind of watch the feed. You know, that's and because really, their feed probably sucks. Yeah, that's true. That's too. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, the let's just call it what it is from the very beginning. Yeah. <laughs> We're not, you know, I mean, because Seth, think about this. It's the billboard. Let, let's say that, you know, Wednesday night's coming up. And, and so we're going to promote student ministry. And, and so typically what's going to happen, we're going to pull the logo of the series we're in. They're going to put it in a square image on Canva and they're going to add some text on it and they're going to post it and they're going to feel decent about it because it, you know, they, they got the job done mm -hmm. as opposed to going, we did it. Can we not find a 14 year old whose life's changed in the last four months at our church? And can we not do a 45 second video of why they love being a part of our Wednesday nights yeah. and then let that be the post. They could shoot it and send it to you. Yeah. Like just shoot a selfie, text it to me. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and okay. But here's what churches will go. Seth, man, we lose quality. We lose quality in the video. Yeah. Guys, if you're overthinking it, the, the church world, I'm, I'm almost afraid to say this. The church world needs to follow Gary V. Yeah. No, and I know it won't be well received because he's dropping F bombs like crazy. No, dude. This but 
I love when he talks about content because someone asked him in a video one time, what's better, a bad video or not doing the video? And he's like, oh, a bad video all day. Yeah. You should definitely do a bad video over not doing anything. And, and so, guys, whoever's listening to this, the value is in the words coming out of the person's mouth mm. way before it's about the quality of the video. It's redefining what we mean by quality. Yes. It's, it's, it's different parameters. And that's that's been the biggest issue, I think. Quality has been in the visual. Quality has been about the aesthetic. Um, quality has been about the, um, the, the, the expensiveness of the equipment you use and how well it right. looks, you know, and that's just not what the audience that interacts with social media cares the most about. Now it matters to some degree. Right. Uh, and I, I feel like I almost have to say that for all the designer friends and people that, that are like, yeah. but wait, you know, it's like, no, that's what you care about again. Right. And because, there are very simple tips because you like it doesn't mean it's right to keep it from being awful. Yes. But it doesn't need to be overthought. You don't need to wait until you can afford an $1,800 camera. <laughs> I remember I was working at a church and I was like, um, I wanted to do some stories. And so I wanted to use, you know, shoot full vertical. Well, I was like, let me borrow the DSLR camera to shoot this quick promo video. And I could just turn it sideways and get a good solid look. And it's and DSLR is a step above for sure your right. cell phone. But, um, but still it's, it, it's, it's a good, it's a good camera. So anyway, I remember our production guy goes, he kind of chuckled and I was like, Ugh. like, like, like that. And I was like, what? And he goes, why? I just don't know why you would use our worst camera for that. And I was like, worst, I was going to shoot on my phone, dude. <laughs> you know, it's like, why worst camera? We have 4k red cameras, you know? And I'm like, because oh I don't have knowledge, expertise or time or hard drive space to mess with that kind of footage. You know, I just, I, I just need to get this shot really quick. And so, uh, it, it's that kind of mentality that I go, this, right. that's, you're valuing the wrong thing for social media Yeah, that you, it just needs to be not distracting. Everything else quality is about, like you said, words coming out of their mouth. Are they, are they bringing value to your audience right there? Um, you know, are, and they, are you, are you believable? <clears throat> yeah. Authenticity, right? Super important. I mean, you think about how many senior pastors will totally balk at the idea of doing a morning video mm -hmm. without whatever they would wear on a Sunday on. Exactly. I but that but then well. people go really at eight 30 in the morning, yeah. you put a button up on yeah. to sit at your coffee table <laughs> right. and your hair's already done. Yeah. Like that's not real life. Yeah. It's not right. Like, like put on a hat if you wear a hat on the on, on a Saturday morning. Like let people see you as you are. That's so good. <laughs> and you know now we don't want to take it to the extreme of like some young pastor is going to watch this and go like well, I'm gonna start doing it with my shirt off, you know, so I can kind of you know sh show them my muscles and yeah. You no. know, so obviously there's a line that probably needs to be drawn. Sure, a line but, of a common man, decency. We we've got to again right if we take it back to Jesus, which we always should. Mm -hmm. He was a carpenter. How often did he ever look nice and probably ever not be sweaty? Right. Probably it, never. It's, it's such a mind shift. And, and one of the things from this pandemic that has revealed is, is like you said, it's where, where our values have been, what it is we're calling quality, what it is we're calling valuable and realizing, you know, in the church comms world, you know, social media management world, we've kind of been saying this for a while. Mm 
Yeah. But it's now being so apparent that this is not the most important thing that the actual content bringing value is the valuable thing, regardless almost of what it looks like. I mean, you know, even going down to the branded, you know, feed for Instagram, it's like, okay, you can do that. If you're in a visual brand, you're a photographer or you something like that. Sure. But for a church, what are we trying to sell that requires that? Right. You know, I mean, you mentioned Gary V. I love looking at his Instagram while his feed is just a mess. I mean, it's not, it's not branded. The rock, the rock is the third largest Instagram in the world. And that dude, that that's not branded. He has, he has his buckets. He has the things he does. Uh, There's a general feel, but they don't look like they all go together. You know, he's got videos, IGTVs. He's got user generated content to make using his stuff that he promotes and, you know, that kind of thing. So it's just, it's about what are you bringing to that person who's following you? What are you, what are you offering them? And I think the church yeah, has like, so many more important things to sell than how like we look. think about, like, I know you, cause you're a musician, you know, I love all of Jimmy Fallon's uh, sketches where he'll bring in a band or an artist yeah. and they'll perform one of their songs with all the like kid, the kid toy kid instruments. instruments. Yeah. That's I know solid. he calls it something. I don't, you might know what he I calls it, but, but could you imagine if like create, if, if a creative team took one of their worship songs and they recreated it yeah. in that fashion, mm-hmm. how much noise that would get on social media. Yeah. People would love it. Usually at Christmas time, we see that kind of creativity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, and maybe that's the problem is we need to stop saving our creativity in the church for, for Easter for, and Christmas. Yeah. For social, like we need a good social campaign because it's Christmas. Like you need a, you need a good social campaign because it's April. Well, and you, <laughs> you know, know what's crazy you know? is churches wouldn't feel the pressure to blow it out of the water on Christmas if they were better all the time on social media. I agree. I agree. It would, it would take a little of that pressure off. Um, so let, let's, let's, let's wrap up with this. Um, <clears throat> businesses are using Instagram to connect with their audience. Um, if, if you're, and, and they obviously will reach a plateau, right? Sometimes they get to a point where they're stuck. Um, they're not growing. They're not, no one's engaging, something like that. Churches experience that too. Yeah. Um, we're posting a bunch of stuff. We're following all the things like they even come to me sometimes, Seth, we're doing what you're saying. You know, why is, why Why do they say that? I don't know. We're doing everything you're saying. Uh, but our people are not engaging. Um, what are some checkpoints or things to look at when you, when you see that kind of stagnation on either Instagram or Facebook? Right at, Right off the surface, the first question that I would ask the church is, how often are y'all promoting the the social channels to the church? Yep, that's good. Right? It is are they easily recognizable? You know, do you you know if you're at church, are is whoever's speaking is their handle in the lower you know in the lower third? Yep. If you hand some sort of bulletin out the door, are 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 the pages linked? You know, are the links on there? Mm-hmm. You know most churches would go, Oh yeah, we don't, I don't know that we really talk about it. So to me, that's going to be the first indicator of stagnation is we're not getting fresh people engaged because yeah. we're not even talking about it. Yeah. Agreed. Like so, from the so stage. That would be the first thing. Yeah. Uh, the second thing would, would be, I'm, I'm always asking them if, if someone says, man, my engagement is low or dwindling. Are you engaging? Mm-hmm. 
what, what are you doing? And most people go, man, I, I really haven't commented on anybody's post in like two weeks or I haven't. And it's like, okay, duh. Yeah. Guys, this isn't a one way street, right? There's a relationship, this give and take. Right. And, and we believe, especially as believers that we reap what we sow. Mm-hmm. And so if you're not out there engaging, you, you're going to reap a lack of engagement. Yep. That's true. And so uh, I have a friend that, that I follow um, and I learned this from her, but she teaches what she calls the 10, 10, 10 principle. Okay. And so what she does, and this is perfect for anybody that, that, that listens to this is she says, take 10 minutes a day and reply to 10 people's stories and comment on 10 people's posts. Yeah, that's good. Every day, right? Mm -hmm. Super simple, super basic. I know a lot of people will even want to write that off because it just seems so practical. Right. But it's the most practical things that we struggle with the most. Yeah, and and we don't realize just how the algorithm for Instagram and Facebook as well, they take that engagement into account in such a huge way to determine who sees your stuff. Like it's who you're engaging with. If you have a, even down to the fact of like somebody follows you, but you don't follow them. That's why I always say, follow your followers back. Always follow them back. It's because the algorithm is taking into account the strength of that relationship on whether or not, how often they're going to show your post to them. Then are you commenting on their stuff and are they commenting on yours or liking it? All of that goes into the, the equation to determine your reach and your ability to get 100%. in front of people. And, and it's like, it, it is, it is gauging your friendship with this person Yes, on social. And, and yeah, you're absolutely right. And, and so, and that's, that's why leveraging the private message every day, mm-hmm. because I believe also in the algorithm that holds a heavy weight in the algorithm also does. Yep. And, and so that's an easy way to do that. And then my, my last tip, Seth, in, in regards to helping them get their momentum back as far as engagement goes, is leverage live video with people bigger and smaller than you. Yeah. So go find some people that don't have as big of accounts as you and kind of pull them up, right? Do a, do a live video with them. Yeah. But then also go try to connect with some people that, that maybe have two or three times or five times more followers than you do. And, and mm. you will end up bleeding over into one another. Yep. And a lot of their people will now follow you. Right. And, and so, and I know, right. That there'd be some churches that go, well, I don't want people to follow me from like Alabama. If my church is in Wisconsin, because that doesn't help the church, my church, but it helps your engagement. Yeah. Which then is going to show your content to more people. Right. So we've got to get out of this mindset of just, I only want more followers that live within 10 miles of my church. Mm-hmm. That can be, because a f- that's where we really start to hurt ourselves. And, and that can be part of your strategy. It's just, yeah. it can't be all there is. It, right. it can't be all there is to it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not a fan of churches trying to create a global brand be, you right. know, to be like Hillsong or, or Elevation, you know, places that do have that global brand, but even those churches, I just did an interview with a, a guy who used to run social media at Elevation. And he's like, we never look at other churches and what they're doing. We yeah, never do. Smart. We, we're not trying to be global. We're just trying to reach our people because what that does is that eventually becomes global because it's, it's like, here's our target, but 
of course, everyone's welcome and following us and we'll reach them and care about them, you know, wherever they well, are. No, no one that like anyone that's ever been viral, mm-hmm. anyone that's gone viral, none of them have the story of, you know what? I woke up on Monday and I just decided that I wanted to go viral today. <laughs> so I did. Yeah. So we did viral I, stuff. So I did viral stuff. Like it's hilarious how many YouTube, <laughs> like how many ads I see on my feed from experts that yeah. are like, want me to teach you how to go viral. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, like yeah. you're the worst. <laughs> you can't teach me how to go viral. Teach me how and, to get 10,000 so likes or how to that's go. That's the beauty of Hillsong. Gosh. That's the beauty of Elevation is they would probably both say, we just sat out to serve our people at a greater capacity. And we always challenged status quo. We always challenged the bar that we'd set the, the year before. Yeah. And we looked up and now people from all over the place were wanting to be a part of what we're doing. Yeah. And I think that's all. Also- then there's other churches that have actually tried to be it. And it's embarrassing. It is. It's, and it's- they fall flat on their face because they look up and go, I was so focused on, on being a global brand that we stopped shepherding our actual humans mm-hmm. that come to our church. I will, I will say that I dare say that is the sin of many large churches. Is that 100%. you get and, and small churches too, but sure. you know, in, in my experience, the large church begins to feel like they're in the same vein as one of those global churches. And so we need to look and act and feel like them on social. And what it ends up doing is exactly that. It's, it's missing yeah. the forest for the trees. It is, we're not really bringing value to our people because we're trying to expand because we're trying to get a certain number of likes because we're trying yeah. to uh, be recognized as something. And that yeah. is again, the, it's all about us mentality. It's all what we can gain out of the relationship. It is, you know, it's not healthy. It's not a healthy way of looking. It's definitely not the great commission. Um, so I think that's definitely totally also, agree. also kind of what you're saying too. I think another one, a reason um, that, that could stop growing is that it's just your expectation was off in the first place. Yeah. Of, of what, true. of what you were trying to even do, which is kind of related to that. It's that, um, we expected to be able to just post some new things and suddenly we double, Yeah, you know, it's like, that's not yeah. how relationships not work. You know, it's seeing it as a place for facilitating relationships, not as a place for facilitating information. That's, that's one of the hardest yeah. things. If people would, if, if churches would start, really focusing on the actual content and then the consistency in which they post that content. Yeah. And stop going, Hey guys, what's our growth strategy for each quarter? How many more followers do we want, you know, by March, how many more followers do we want by August mm-hmm. and just hunker down on what really matters, the consistency of it and the value of the content. They'll all experience growth in my opinion. Yeah. I think that's because the- you're focused on the right things. Yeah. And, and that's, that's what I forget who said it or what they said, but it was something effective that is that, um, focused on a good goals beats a good plan every time. Something like that, you know, whether you got a good plan or not, if you have good goals and you're, and you're focused on them, you can, you yeah. can do it. You know, that's yeah. kind of the idea It's like, you'll get there. It may be slower. If you don't have a good plan, it may not be as easy if you don't have a good plan, but you'll get there. And it's like that guiding principle of the goal has to come first of what it is you want to do. And, and I think sometimes we pick the wrong goals for social. We, we want yeah. it to be a place where 100%. people. And can, we don't break those goals down into daily action. 
No, we don't. We don't. And we can actually track and manage. We don't set those KPIs, the key performance yeah. indicators. For, that's right. Uh, for what we're yeah, that's big doing. Yeah, it's it's something new to me. Honestly, it's um, in the last year I've been really strat- structuring around goals and KPIs, and that has been to help me keep on my goal. Yeah, is to know yeah. that every day when I do these things that I'm measuring, it's to reach a certain goal. So I don't have to even go, wait, what's my goal? What's my goal with this meme that I'm about to share? You know, it's like, right. I don't have to think, I don't have to overthink right. it every time. Right. It's like, I know that when I do these things, I get these results. So I, I'm right. going to do these things and it's helpful to break it down. It's almost like looking at those when you're bowling, you know, you can look down all the way to the end at the pins, or you can look at those little arrows that are closer. Yep. And try to hit those. And it's like, that's what KPIs are. Those little arrows. You so can, good. You can hit so, good. so much, so much easier. And I've got, can I, can I give one little last thing before we sign off of here? Absolutely. So I, I like to tell people the only thing you can control about social media is your commitment to keep moving forward. That's good. Because what I watch and I'm sure what you watch is we set expectation. We, we think of a video idea, we're super pumped about it, and then it falls flat. Or we post something and someone said something negative about it. We are all so quick to retreat. So we pull it down. Especially when it's already in an area that we're uncomfortable Mm -hmm. called social media. So for everybody paying attention to this, when you start doing live videos, expect something to go wrong. Expect your audio to not work. Expect their video to go out. Expect your phone to ring and just keep going. Yeah. Don't pull it down. That's the power. Expect resistance. And, you know, I know that many pastors are afraid that the unpolished, unplanned live video, I might say something that someone latches onto and bring some negative attention. And it's like, dude, welcome to 2020 where you can't do anything without getting that. And I forgot, I guess maybe the Bible that I read is different because the one, the version that I have, Jesus was constantly saying things to cause people to get a little upset. Absolutely. I, I don't know if that's what yours says. I don't think he was but trying. That's what mine says. He wasn't trying to do that. He just said the truth and the truth made right. people angry. And right. I think that's the call of the church leader. You know, whether you're in communications or you're the lead pastor, yeah. you know, your voice is needed in this space. And, yep. you know, when you say the things that are true, you're going to have people go, no, and you've got to be able to, to say, right. you know, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. So it's just, you've got to be in part of the conversation and learn how to do it. And if we, if we can't, then the world is deprived of the place where the, the, I mean, honestly, social media is the marketplace, right? It's the new where ideas are formed for a lot yep. of people. And absolutely. You have to be able to weigh into that and, and, and give the voice of truth and the voice of the gospel going forward Amen. in social media. That's right. So expect that negativity, prepare for it, have a plan for yep. it, get PR books, you know, learn how to do that. But, um, you, pastors, we need you to lead. Yes, we do. We need you to lead there in social media. All right. Well, Kyle, I could talk to you all the flipping day. I know, day. man. It's it's so good to see you and so good to hear from you and see what you're doing. And just this conversation has been great. Uh, tell everybody where we can get in, in touch with you, and we'll put links in the show notes for this episode. Cool. You can you can get me at I'm Coach Kyle Draper on all social media platforms, or you can go to kyledraper.com. 
And uh, my website's got all the info that you'd ever care to know about me and then probably a ton that you don't care about. <laughs> Blood type, social security number, it's all there. Yep, all that cool. stuff. Awesome. Um, Kyle, thanks, man. Really appreciate you, dude. Absolutely. Seth, it was fun. All right, guys, we'll, listen, we'll be back soon. Uh, thanks for listening to the Seminary of Hard Knocks, and I hope that you have an uh, awesome week, awesome day, and you're communicating clearly the gospel going forward in digital spaces. Thanks so much. See you.